0: We're recording from the National Arts Club. I'm Edward Minoff. And I'm Tony Serenai. And uh, you can call me Ted. Thank you. Officially. And uh, so we're here in the National Arts Club, right on the south end of Gramercy. We're in this beautiful Northlight studio uh, facing northeast. and uh, Just a wee bit northeast, but it's almost ideal. But the light, lighting. Yeah, this is pretty much the ideal studio. The light is coming in, it's pretty well directed from a pretty high angle, and then you've got this big bank of windows to kind of fill in a little bit.
1: It's a very nice studio. So where? Uh, why are we here, Ted?
0: Well, there's a lot of tradition, yeah. There's
1: a lot of tradition. and, and You walk through the halls it, um... and
0: you're surrounded by really amazing paintings through, by some of the greatest American painters uh, from, I don't know, maybe early 20th century on. I think yeah. The club was founded, what, in the 19th century, wasn't it? Um, I think we're going to so. eventually we're interview somebody eventually, and learn uh, a little bit more, so we shouldn't probably delve too deep into that. Yeah. But uh, it's it's an amazing place. You walk in off of Gramercy Park, which is kind of a weird place. It's You have to get a key to go into the park. It's like That's why it's the most beautiful park, because nobody's allowed in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it can keep it pristine <laughs> so you walk you in this beautiful <laughs> pristine park that you're like not allowed in ski
1: humans walk into the National in. Arts
0: Club and we cut through it was kind of like the beginning of Goodfellas cutting through like the back of the Copacabana we're going through yeah. this bar room yeah. with uh, wood paneling and Tiffany chandeliers and uh, it was yeah. dazzling up in some back like corridor somewhere this place has tons of secret passages very, um, a,
1: a very haunting sort of ghost-like <laughs> setting, uh, but but very beautiful too.
0: And uh, I would not want to get stuck in that elevator, which uh, I could barely get in with my backpack of it's sound l- equipment. It's
1: a little a claustrophobic. Here? A little
0: claustrophobic. You don't want to know much more than that. There is an elevator. You don't want to know about it. You don't want to ride in it. Uh, yes, there. They have a lot of events here, and the curator, uh, who's fairly new, who you met, Michael Gormley, is. Uh, he's. I think he's really trying to kind of generate some some sort of new interest in the club and kind of younger younger folks, because I think a lot of the membership is, uh, it, with all these clubs, is sort of a little bit uh, older and, and they're trying to sort of get you know junior members in. Junior meaning like under 50. <laughs> 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 um, so Ted, how do I know you? That's I an know interesting you, story. Which, I mean, is
1: a, which is a very interesting if, story. Uh,
0: you know this, Jay. Uh, Tony and I met, in a train tunnel in, what was it, like 1993,
1: 94? I think it was uh, maybe 93. I think it was the uh, uh, early 90s. I was, I, I was
0: still in college. You so. were alone. I was with my friend Scott, who founded 10 Deep, which is a clothing company. He was also, there was a show on HBO. I don't know if you know this. Uh, it's called How to Make It in America. It only did. Uh, I think they did two seasons of it. Anyway, it was based on Scott. I, I do remember that, but I did not know that he It had knew. Louis Guzman who's like my favorite person in the world. Louis
1: Guzman. <laughs> so yeah. go back to meeting in the train hub. Were you doing right. pieces? What
0: yeah. So uh Tony and I were both uh we were both guys who spray painted our names on things mm-hmm. um, with pleasure. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And uh so there were these tunnels called the Freedom Tunnels. There was a book called "What the Mole People" or something about the society. There was a society well, of like homeless people who lived in these tunnels.
1: Yeah. Well, it was, it was also the documentary "Dark Days" was based um, on these tunnels. Uh, we uh, graffiti writers, we are both. Uh, I guess we're sort of beating around the bush, but we are. Uh, former and maybe current <laughs> We have graf- to be careful yeah, how much we commit yeah. to You are You're professional current. painters Graffiti writers but, but. We were legitimate <laughs> businessmen <laughs> <laughs> But we did We met in the Freedom Tunnels which were on the west side of Manhattan in New York City I was there meeting up with some um, other graffiti writers uh, My crew and Ted's crew, it was like of, West Side Story, it was, West Side it was like Tony Story. and Maria, <laughs> we, we came across each other, it just happened to be unplanned, uh, just in, in, underneath Manhattan, it just happened to be that, we get together. I, I think that's enough, uh, wait, so, so, and you both became fine arts painters, or, well, or were you already both Well, it's art?
0: kind of funny, because, so we were both, I think we were both frustrated wannabe fine art painters, <laughs> and... Because we are frustrated and young and angry and angsty, we took it out on the walls. So we, we both, I think, became graffiti writers because yeah. it didn't seem like people painted the way that we both wanted to paint. I know I was like, every time I tried to paint that way, you know, in school I would be discouraged. I was, you know, why don't you want to splatter paint? Like, you why have you? to put this story in the bio for the podcast. That is
1: the fact that you guys met in a tunnel doing we graffiti. We met in a tunnel <laughs> is doing so graffiti. Hard. That's really worthy of the, of the bio. for and, sure. And we were relatively deep into the. We in, were real, in, yeah. I mean, into I,
0: the tunnels, and I, and I think. Uh, well, I remember you were. I think you were probably the first one there, and you were maybe just putting up a throw up or something. And I, I was eager. I was uh, eager to get get you know to get work. And Scott done. and I, we we start walking over, and we said, "Who's who's this guy?" You know, yeah. and, and Scott thought, "Wait, wait, wait! I think he's going over something." You know, yeah. some one of these things that's like potentially confrontational. So Scott, like, has a knife, which, like, <laughs> we weren't, are we weren't, guys, like...
1: Are these people you're still friends with, you're talking Yeah, about yeah, us. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember coming up on you and seeing you, and Scott was like, I think he's going over, and he's reaching in his pocket and grabbing his knife and walking and having the whole, like, well, what do you write? Well, what do you write? Well, what do you write? And nobody wants to say who, what they write because you never know who's rolling up on you. Who, well, when you... you yeah, it could be a rival...
1: Yeah, yeah, but when you say that what do you write generally speaking to the people who don't know what that means um, is that you're asking somebody what their name is what their tag with okay. their you know whatever people call graffiti tags but um, so it could be possibly a compromising. A, a compromising thing so a lot of times it just ends up in this sort of stalemate of like I'm not telling you <laughs> what are you what, write who no, are you? Yes, well, what are you it's write? pretty much saying who are you well who are you no but who are you Right, who, and it, it sort of and it does this like little dance back and forth. So w- when we were down there, we ended up.
0: Uh, we went to a different spot to paint. Well, what, what ended I up can't happening. remember what happened. I, I whether the police came. No, or...
1: no, no. We were painting. We started painting. Um, the The Freedom Tunnels were Amtrak was was a live Amtrak train uh, uh, tunnel. So uh, an Amtrak train started coming through, and one of the kids on this oh uh, he threw third,
0: right. This third crew threw a can at the train. Which you and never, like, well, you just don't yeah. do. You're we're supposed you're to be When you're deep in stealth. graffiti, the thing you want to do is never be noticed. You just want to blend in and like ha- not have anybody know that you write graffiti. Like when you're really in it, you're trying to protect your identity because you can get in a lot of trouble. And the people who aren't deep in it, kind of, they're just trying to be like badasses and. They wind up doing things like this, like throwing a can at a moving train, and the trains, you know, the conductor starts honking the horn, yeah. and then you know the police are coming. So, so I he think. it killed I, the spot for all of us. So, I, and, think,
1: I, I think I was the one who was. Um, pa- I pa- I'm packing my bag up, and everybody sort of agreed, uh, except for this other crew, which. With the amateur. The amateurs. The I don't remember
0: who they were. They were nobodies. Mm.
1: That was the thing is that they were nobodies. So we, we packed up our stuff, went off, went up to I um, think we went up Washington to like underneath Heights. the George Washington Bridge. We went to uh, Washington Heights. What ended up happening is that it, we're all painting, and Ted and I just ended up painting near each other and um, started talking.
0: We and st- I remember, so everybody's talking about, I don't know... Uh, like fighting or... Yeah, stabbing people. <laughs> we weren't. And so they're talking about stabbing people, and we're talking about, like, Rubens and Michelangelo. And, like, it was this crazy moment where we were, like, realized that we were kind of kindred spirits, that we had this thing in common, this love of art. Which is really weird, because I don't... I, I, at that point, I was in,
1: in the graffiti game for a while at that point, um, and I, haven't, I didn't meet anybody who... Um, who had this sort of common? It was almost like I was a, I was embarrassed to say how I was so into this type of work. So when I brought it up, very uh, uh, I tiptoed around the idea that I was into you know I was like yeah I really love this stuff graffiti and, and all that and I still do I'm still a huge fan of graffiti. But then I started saying how I liked all this you know old painting type of uh, uh, and and Ted was like so do I and, I was, and then we started sort of bouncing names off each other of, 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 of uh, uh, classical painters and of just artists that we both admired and we started realizing that we had a lot in common, that we sort of came from a similar place. I, I, I got into graffiti because I was into, I was into punk rock and I was into uh, um, skateboarding. I was really heavy into skateboarding and it sort of goes with the culture. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I grew up in Manhattan, and, like, all of my friends from high school were doing graffiti, and I grew up, uh, I went to high school up in the Bronx, and going up to school, I passed by, like, some of the greatest graffiti, you know, in the South Bronx, Some amazing stuff. And, I, I you know, and I was up on, like, who the big writers were, and, like, I, I got the culture, which has always fascinated me. I think graffiti culture actually has more in common with the kind of art that we like, because... Explain. Well, there is... I think a lot of the kind of painting that we do is about finding beauty in doing something beautifully. And so if you, like, sometimes it just doesn't even matter what you're painting. If you can connect to it in a really deep way and do it beautifully, uh, that, the meaning will come out of that experience, out of finding the poetry in, in the visual world. And so there's a certain degree of excellence to the work. And with graffiti, it's, there's, there's a, a standard of excellence that's, like, enforced by a squad of, like, people who who will put knives into you, and so... <laughs> or, or generally, generally just go cross out your stuff. Right, so there are standards, and they're actually, they're, like, they're seriously enforced, and so there's a whole culture built around, like, the hierarchy of kind, you know, like you're allowed to go over a tag with a throw-up and you're allowed to go over a throw-up with a piece and you're allowed, you know, go over a piece with a big production wall and- What's
1: the difference between a tag and a throw-up just for the people who don't know?
0: Uh, Well, throw-up's a little bit more involved. It's like bubble letters that you have to fill in. It's, it's-
1: And then a piece is short for masterpiece, which means um, a more intricate um, making, writing, creation of your name that has colors and and more thought put into it
0: often you got your 3d you got your force field you got a halo good 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 reference good stars reference.
1: so bits, you know so, do dads? yeah doodads <laughs> so when we um sort of found uh out that we have a lot in common we did um, exchange numbers at the time and we ended up hanging out we actually also realized that we lived about 10 blocks from each other. I was living in Manhattan, so was, so was Ted, so we- um,
0: And we had Portraits Inc. right in between us, which was, uh, there were a, um, uh, like an agency for portrait painters, and they would have really great portraits in the window by the best contemporary portrait painters uh, so, we you know, like if we met halfway. Are these
1: people who are members here, would you say? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Some of them are. I didn't even think of that. Really you're, you're gonna, yeah.
0: There's going to be a lot in, in
1: the course, I think, of this podcast, and there's going to be, you know, sort of quirkiness in the fact that we're not professional broadcasters. Uh, where we're, so We are introverted artists. A lot of artists are introverted. We are not an exception to that rule. So, uh, um, There'll be a lot of uh, strings that seem to connect, hopefully, in this whole series of uh, podcasts. And, uh, we may um, need help connecting. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we did have Portraits Inc. Um, sort of in the middle between us. So we, and, and I knew it was there. I used to walk by it and look at the portraits. Um, we would meet at the Met. I know it's, it's not, it sounds like such a romance. <laughs> <laughs> were a
0: bromance. It's a bromance. He, he <laughs> used to take me to the Met. He never takes <laughs> me there anymore. Well, I'm a
1: little bored of you. But anyway, so we would go to the Met and everything. So we did stay in touch. And uh, we, I think we actually, no, I don't think I know, that we um, really helped each other to sort of find... Our path as artists. Well at the
0: time you were in illustration school I was in illustration. and I was in film school yeah. and I was in film school for animation which kind of uh, through my frustration with you know with with painting I went into uh, graf- I got into graffiti and I was doing that and then through graffiti that led me to animation and uh, so I started studying animation at, uh, at NYU at Tisch and uh, then I wound up working in animation, and Tony, who had studied illustration, wound up going into animation to do backgrounds. And our first job, we both worked together for Ralph Bakshi, who was the, like, <laughs> he was, he, I mean, toothless and, you know, he, 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 I remember he said, like, we were gonna have a big meeting in the office. He was like, "Wow, oh, if these people come, I'll put in my teeth, you know? <laughs> as his, like, lips were flapping but what's funny is that um i
1: I was still in college at the time, and you were already um, sort of out there uh, uh, get trying to get gigs and everything. So you brought me into the animation world. I had i I was a giant fan of animation growing up. I actually, I actually think it was a huge influence on my, on on just wanting to be an artist is those early Tom and Jerry's, those from the '40s, right. the the, the Hanna Barbera ones, and of course the the Warner Brothers. And to this day, I still think they're they're brilliant. And um, I I owe a lot uh, to uh, Chuck Jones, and I did meet him once. Um, and Get I, out of here. I, yeah, I did, he, uh, and he was. Uh, and you know we'll
0: he's amazing,
1: but he was so gracious and so cool, and and I and I'm, I'm sure he got this a lot, but I was just like, I owe you a lot, yeah, for what you did. And he goes, I'm really glad you're saying that because uh, I get a lot of if it wasn't for you, my son wouldn't have hit somebody else with a <laughs> frying pan. It's your fault. That um, anyway, so so but you brought me into animation because you were already into it. So when you met Ralph Bakshi, you brought me in. I was doing some like designs for him. Uh, again, st- uh, I was still in college. Um, you ended up... I was actually
0: still in college, too. I was you are, finishing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were both finishing up. Because I think we finished up, I finished up maybe uh, one semester before you. Um, but then, and then we went to MTV. You went to MTV. Well, actually, I they called me in for a job. And uh, I interviewed for it. And they said, great, you know, this all looked good. And I said, you know what? I said, I... I know somebody who could do this job way better than I could. Because it was, it was for background painting. Or it was for, pa- yeah, it was like painting. And I paint. was like, I, you know, I'd love to take the job, but honestly, I, my friend would do way better with this. Mm. For what so show? It was for a show called The Head, yeah. which was created by this guy, Eric Fogel, who later created Celebrity Deathmatch, which is probably more well-known. But
1: at the same time, it was um, Beavis and Butthead was going on? And it was it was the beginning of that, so they so you got the m t v job and then well, so then i turned i i you t- brought me in for
0: that well yeah i so I gave them your info, and then I didn't have a job. And like two weeks later, they <laughs> called me up and they were like, look, this other gig. thing came up. You want it? And I was like, it yes.
1: you're <laughs>
0: <laughs> So uh, right as they're like shaking my hand to give me the job, I'm like, you know what? Somebody else would do this better than I would.
1: <laughs> Always self-deprecating.
0: So so then uh, we ended up both
1: in animation for a few years. Um, but working
0: at MTV was kind of great. I mean, it was, because it was they, they would open up other channels for you. So... Tony and I both, we co-produced a spot for the Video Music Awards. I still have the t-shirt somewhere. What was it like 1996? I think it was 95. 19- more than co-produced. 95. We directed. And we did it. We did it we, like we did start to finish. We did the intro for best video of the year, which was TLC Waterfalls. <laughs> And we got to go to the VMA party, which was kind of a treat. It was great. And I remember we were walking to, to the party with uh, Mike Judge, yeah. and he was like going on and on about how much he loved our intro. Like yeah. it was just, he, he just- Our little like, animated show, And it was pretty amazing. Like there's a guy who, I mean, I'm a big fan of Office Space and Idiocracy and, and Beavis and Butthead. I, I mean, it was pretty awesome guy. to have that guy. You know, and and our little spot got seen by like millions and millions of people. I mean, it was it was that was sort of a high point for fame for us, and it was all downhill when downhill slide when we decided that we wanted to pursue painting.
1: Well, that's a funny thing that you bring that up because I think um, I ended up leaving MTV and going to work for Disney and doing that for uh, for uh, a few years. Um, I started on this show called Doug, which is weird because. Um, we, with some of my students that I've, I've taught, when that comes up, or, or something comes up of like my past, whether it's the graffiti thing or something, somebody mentions Doug, and I'm like, oh yeah, I worked on this show, it's called Doug, I'm not sure if you ever heard of it. And I was so surprised to know They all happened. grew up on they it. They grew up on it, it's like, it was almost like our Warner Brothers. Right, or, right. You know, but, but the idea that they would sort of flip out and say, I can't believe you did that, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's kind of whatever, and they're just like, no, it's a huge deal. Um, but anyway, so I did that for a few years ended up doing some um, um, uh, concept work for uh, Disney and everything um, and Then I, I just I remember at least this this whole uh, part is I remember um, being sort of frustrated and wanting to get back into life drawing because that's what I when I went to school that's what this, the, the part of school when I went to like art school whatever that I was most into this, this—it's this, the thing that jazzed me the well, most. Well, that's it's also
0: just, the thing that connected to the, the the thing that we bonded over initially, which is—I mean—that's exactly. what Michelangelo was doing. That's what Rubens was doing. That's what their all of their work is about. Yeah. So it, it was, and it, it was great working in, in film and and TV
1: and and all that. But again, I just wanted to paint. I wanted to draw, I wanted to sort of i didn't I didn't understand what fine art was. It just it, you know at the time I was you were an illustrator or you were doing something else i didn't I didn't know any better. so I just wanted to go and draw and paint. So I asked Ted and
0: I said, "Hey, I want to go just do some life drawing so let's uh well, and you had heard about this amazing class at the National Academy of Design, which is up on the Upper East Side, kind of near side. where we were living and you were like, there's this young teacher. He's apparently he's amazing. Like Tony was way more plugged into that art world than I was. Uh, I, I mean, I wanted to be. I was a wannabe, but I was an outsider to it. And I guess through SVA and through like you know some of the teachers there, you were you were sort of plugged into the scene a little bit.
1: Well, I was exposed a little uh, more, but um, it wasn't. You know, when you look at it in hindsight, I was barely. I mean, when right. we talk about the education well, yeah. system of, of, of fine art painting in this country or in, in, in the world, actually.
0: Um, but no, was, I mean, nothing, like all of the things that exist now, not, there wasn't a fraction of that back then. It was very, like, people were just trying to cobble together something that resembled the tradition that we were all sort of uh, What do you mean revering. by all of the
1: things that exist now?
0: Well, I think there are a lot of academies, a lot of a lot of uh, ateliers that are teaching the kind of painting that uh, that we both were drawn to, and at the time there really wasn't there wasn't much of a, a there wasn't much of a community built around that, and so that community grew in the time that we uh, found this class between that, the time that we found this class and now. And uh, so we we found, we found this class with uh, Jacob Collins, who was I think he was like in his last month teaching at the National Academy of Design, so we got to do it for one month. And uh, yeah. I think we were both pretty pretty hooked. I at the time was starting my own animation company with uh, two two partners. They got like financing, and uh, it wound up we started this animation house, and we were doing commercials and pilots and we were developing uh, shows for, for TV. Um, and at the same time, I got kind of hooked on this other thing. And it was like, just when the animation company got, started to get successful, we got like a commercial representative, which was a big deal. We had our first like year where we did uh, over a million dollars of business. And you know, for us at the time, that was like a really big milestone. And that was the moment I decided to just drop <laughs> out. I just tapped out. I was like, you know what? I, I got to follow my heart. I got to pay. I'm
1: going for the highest uncommon denominator. <laughs> <Yeah>, pretty <laughs> much. Is, how can I make my life a little bit more difficult?
0: I, um, how... <laughs> I interview potential students and always just tell them, please, if you can make any other decision, if you can do anything else with your life, do that. Don't do this.
1: So you decided um, that you wanted to focus... You couldn't completely wholeheartedly spend well it took a little time your time, time to, to sort of go into the the idea of maybe pursuing a fine art career but you did sort of jump in I was at the time still working at
0: um, well you had a full-time gig I had a full-time like gig. I, and my I was, job was flexible
1: and I was also under contract so what what when we started taking classes again and sort of just getting back into into life drawing and, 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 and life painting and and it sparking that desire to just want to do your own work and sort of pursue that lifestyle, um, you were able to commit more time to it. Um, so you ended up actually starting to well, then, study. So
0: then I found... I mean, we both found Jacob. We yeah. both went to his studio.
1: Remember that experience? I do. It was It, was, it was strange. Um, How we old were, were you? We were in our 20s, um, but then
0: he like early to mid 20s yeah
1: and i do remember that he uh it was he was sort of ending his time at 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 there so he came to us and it seemed like he was like you know why i i don't know i you i guess he saw that we had some sort of talent and he wanted to uh he was pretty much like look i'm i'm gonna kind of leave this place and i'm gonna start this this other school and i'm the idea is that I want to gather a bunch of people who sort of think the same way, who who want to pursue the idea of of, of whether it's classical painting at the time, <laughs> whether it's classical painting at the at, or uh, any sort of idea of uh, a a fine art career that that is is in it has the roots in excellence and and classical painting. So we want to start this. Collective this school this atelier. So he asked us if we wanted to be a part of it um, I was like yes, but I can't right now Ted was like yes, and I think I can so he was able to jump on that um,
0: and Well, and he- I remember just going into his studio was like a I mean that was like a Milestone in our in I think in both of our lives where we walked into he had a brownstone in uh, in Park Slope uh, and we walked to the top floor, which is where he had a studio, and he had a couple like a couple skylights, and he really like he, he liked kind of darker, like almost Baroque painting like Caravaggio, maybe even later like Rembrandt, where the, there's very limited light. So he had these skylights, but they were all blacked up with uh, with curtains. And he had this like system of- uh, Like crazy scientist pulley system. <laughs> like a pulley system of cords that he was like, operating like, I don't know. Yeah, like a mad scientist, he had a visor on. He was, it was just weird and dark, but there were beautiful paintings everywhere. And here was a guy, he, had, he was married. I think he had maybe one child one. or maybe she was pregnant or I don't know, something like he was starting a family. And I thought like, this is this is exactly what I've always wanted, and here's a guy; he's got it. Like this, th- this is this is possible, and I never thought it was possible before. But I also, I mean, I was I saw some
1: the idea of a fine art career and some of the teachers I studied with uh, in college. But uh, you know, I wasn't really going to their studios a lot. And a lot of them were still illustrators; they were still doing sort of commercial jobs. This was one of the first. Experiences of somebody who's actually doing it. So when you, and you, you know, you you hear about it, you read about it. I read a, lo- a lot about it um, and researched it on my own, but it was I still felt like I was sort of alone. Um, and then when you see it, it the the romance of it, the 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 stories that you read, sort of it it, it made it seem like oh wait, this is exactly. The story, like the story that I read about these great artists and everything, so it was definitely it just that defining moment of being like, "That's what I want to do with my life. I just want to make my paintings. I want to do paintings, uh, you know, that are excellent and that I can be proud of, and I can, you know, have all the integrity in the world, hopefully, um, and sort of per- pursue that. But at the time, I couldn't necessarily pursue it because I was under contract. So is this the guy who you now are, are doing the school with? Yeah, is, yeah. So, so, his, so you've been involved with him for a while.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah. So, I mean, he's he's really, he was sort of our conduit into this world. And uh, and he's been, since then, a good friend and mentor. Uh, you know, he's somebody, I think we both call him when we have questions or, you know, he's super smart. And, uh, and I'm sure
1: we'll get him on, on this podcast. That's we're definitely, yeah, yeah. Strap in for that one. It's (laughs) going to be a good one. Um, So, anyway, so that's sort of in a very loose
0: way how we um, got into more of a fine art career. Um, And now we're trying to kind of, I I think the kind of painting we do tends to not really make it into the mainstream of the art world. Uh, Ever since, you know, you had, I don't know, Duchamp putting a urinal on the wall and you had you know abstract expressionism and you had a, art going in a lot of different directions and you have performance art and there are a lot of different, different kinds of things but this tradition seems to have kind of it, it's, it's, it's sort of been forgotten by the mainstream art world and so uh, I think we were sort of we were both thinking that what we do that the, this art form that we're both in love with really needs a voice, and so we were hoping that we could put together some sort of a podcast, something to speak, just, just to speak, and maybe even to formulate our ideas. Maybe we're not even sure exactly what we want to say, but to through talking, through talking to each other, through having guests in and talking, maybe having, I mean, obviously having people from our world in, but also having people from you know, maybe some installation artist or somebody to, to try and figure out where we stand in relation to that. Excellent. Well, I uh, also think that, like, you and I both find often that we talk to people in other fields. I worked, actually, it's funny, I worked across the street recently. I worked across the street at a, in the kitchen of a restaurant called Maialino Cooking. I'm just, I love cooking. I wanted to learn a little bit more, and I was there having dinner once and spoke to the chef and he invited me in to work in the kitchen. And I found this common ground with him, the precision. And they, they found this. like When I was working in the kitchen, I picked stuff up really quickly because I'm used to, like, if I have to cut a potato into equal-sized cubes so that it roasts evenly, I'm I'm pretty good at that because I'm pretty good at just being precise. And, and But, I, I mean, I think even besides the idea of, of, of
1: technically doing it, it's the concept of... Of understanding why each in, in this little example why each piece should be even
0: well there's uh, also the idea of cooking with love which I, I love the idea of that cooking with love like <laughs> that every part every part of the process is done with such care and such precision and that you're in love with each part of it so e- even if you're just doing prep work if you're chopping something or you know you're making a sauce it's you throw everything of yourself into it, and you try and do it perfectly. Mm. And every step of the way, if every part is done with love, the end result is something really amazing. And I find that with painting, it's it's very much the same thing. Like, if you can really fall in love with a subject and find the poetry in it and, and go ahead and paint it with that kind of attention every single day, because, you know... Paintings that Tony and I do take months, <laughs> even a year. Um, then, you know, if, if you attack it with that kind of passion, though, it comes through. The final painting is really something amazing. And I think that's what we that's what we fell in love with in, you know, in I mean, what like what painting, what painting would you say turned you around most? Like around. what is the. It
1: turned you I, out. I, You know, I think <laughs> what painting <what, laughs> turned you out. Rubens really
0: turns him <laughs> on.
1: Well, I think the... There's a couple of paintings, I think, in my life that uh, influenced me. So, the, uh, like I mentioned earlier, thing, in, in the beginning, it was cartoons. You know, the early Tom and Jerry's, the early uh, Warner Brothers, uh, you know, Bugs Bunny and all that, was, was, was huge. Always loved to paint and draw. Well, well draw. I, I didn't really know how to paint at the time. But um, uh, my best friend, um, growing up, I used to go to his house all the time and he had a his mother had a, a print a, a really nice print it was actually signed uh of a norman rockwell painting and it was a it was that painting of the girl in front of the mirror i think it's actually called girl girl with mirror and i just remember it being it's sort of sentimental and kind of pretty and you know while I was, we were crazy young little kids but I remember looking at it and being like that, wow that's just so beautiful and how can somebody I thought it was a photograph you know it was a print of a photograph now it was a painting um, so I remember that being just like in awe of it because I used to walk by it all the time every time I was in this house and then wanting to wanting to pursue a, a career in art because that was something I was uh, uh, you know wanting doing whether it, through the graffiti world and the cartooning world and all that stuff but um one of the paintings that really just just really blew blew me away um was oh god i think it was i forgot how old i was but i was at the met and i saw and it just happened to be that peter paul rubens you know i know you were mentioning <laughs> that there was a, an exhibition of one of his paintings and it was one of the uh descent from the cross paintings um, With that
0: incredible red in it, yeah, he's being I, 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 lowered a, into this red there's kind a, of shroud?
1: There's a couple of different versions of it, and he, he painted, I think he painted like two or three versions. One, I, I know one of them's in Antwerp uh, in, a, in, a, in a church. The one that I think was at the Met was uh, on loan. Yeah, I did the research later on, like later in my life, when I sort of started realizing that that painting really had something huge, like a huge impact on my life. It, it was from a museum in, right outside of Paris, but it was, an, it was a, a really large descent from the cross, and I, and I just have never seen one of those type of paintings, those grand old master paintings in real life. I've seen them in books. I was you know, always getting books on, on... Those, those were also the only books that were available at the time were old master uh, books on the old masters, um, as far as anything to do with classical painting or realism or whatever you wanna call it. Um, so I remember walking into this room at the Met and you just come face to face with it and it, and I just never knew that a painting could have emotion. You know, you just don't, you don't know. Scale
0: also, like scale in those big. old master paintings, scale is like those works surround you and the the figures are life size. Sometimes they're bigger than yeah. life size and it's like to stand in front of those paintings to take them in is there's no substitute like you can't look at prints of them no, nothing no. nothing will will ever live up to act the experience of standing in front of it and taking it in
1: and i was just too young to at the time to come across that type of work meaning going to the museum on my own or or, or anything and i don't remember why i think i think it was a school trip it was like a school trip or something they made like you that. go <laughs> yeah, yeah. no no but i wanted to go i was like we're going to the museum and i was like oh i was super psyched to do that they're
0: like tony's good at art he's gonna like the museum he's the class artist he's gonna like the museum
1: so i do remember going into the room and having this grand painting there and i just remember that there was emotion I just didn't know it like the the way the the figures were painted there was all this like pain in the figures faces there was there was rubens is amazing at that and his paint handling like it's all everything buttery is 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 amazing but i remember they also had a had a bench in front of the painting and i had to sit down on the bench to look at this thing because it
0: was it was like too powerful
1: and again I'm I'm a kid.
0: Got weak at the knees.
1: I got a little weak at and the knees. You buckled. I, I, I buckled a little bit. Did I, you swoon? A, yeah, no, no swooning. Swooning's a little different. It Let me just more,
0: ask. I gotta ask. Did you make it? <laughs> oh. <sound. laughs>
1: no, I was more like. Oh. But um, so I remember sitting down and the class kept going and I just stayed, I stayed and I think I, I, you know they I uh, they lost me. Because I just stayed staring at this painting, for and you lived a, in
0: the museum for a week. For a while you that. didn't bathe. He yeah, didn't. He just. I,
1: it's, I, I hid in the walls, and I would come out at night. <laughs> but uh, you know, I just look at this painting, and um, and it just blew me away. And again, it's it's hard to remember because it was so long ago. But you, rem- it's one of those things where you, I remember the feeling, but it's one, but you can't describe it that well. You know, yeah,
0: it's more like oh, I wish you were there. Or something. I mean, it's hard to you know with a work of art like that, it's hard to really put it put words to it. It's 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 so visual yeah. that it's like words are never gonna. But
1: it, it's weird when you say that because yes, it is visual, but the whole the whole idea or the whole memory was that it was so emotional. So yes, right, it was right. visual.
0: What but I mean I is I the language. I remember
1: being moved, and I'm not easily moved to this day. And, and it wasn't because I mean, yes, of course, it was the subject matter and all that. But it was, it was I didn't know human beings could do that. And I didn't know and I was already wanted to be an artist. I, I just knew it that I wanted to be an artist. But I just didn't understand how that was possible. I've seen it in books. I've seen it on TV. I when you see it in real life, it, it, it was so different. Like, how the hell and it does was somebody like getting, do it, that? Yeah, and it was like getting hit with a shovel, you know, at that time. So Have you
0: ever been hit by a shovel?
1: Um, I was hit with a baseball bat by accident <laughs> once. <laughs> but again, it was, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm sure if I sat around and we sat around and talked about it, more paintings would come up. Uh, but I, That's I, a pretty good but one. But I do remember that, and I just remember it really having a, really big impact on the idea of, I did it, human beings can be amazing, and how is that possible, and I want to do that. To the point where, when I was really getting interested in art in high school and everything, at the time, the art teacher was like, you know, more or less throw the painting, throw the paint at the canvas, and I was like, no. Right. I know, like I've been, I know, I saw what can be done. It's and amazing that I, moment, I like... can do that. But I, from that point on, it was like, no, that will never satisfy me ever again. I was, I've, I've experienced something amazing. Well, you and saw I this thing be on that line.
0: And then you decided like, th- this is, this is what I want to do in my life. I want to do that. You saw the thing yeah. you're and I didn't know what that was. But you knew that it reached you on an emotional level, and you realized that that's possible. That it's possible. You're a kid doodling, and your friends are like, wow, that's awesome, Tony. That's a really good doodle. My cousin can draw real good, too. You should try drawing... uh, You ever try drawing Incredible Hulk? You ever draw Snoopy? My cousin
1: could draw Snoopy.
0: (laughs) Right, right. But then you realize, like, whoa, this is way bigger than just impressing my friend. Like, I can actually reach people deeply by just painting an amazingly beautiful painting
1: in a weird way it was almost that idea of like the more you know the harder things get you know right the the, the concept but it it was almost it was almost painful because I knew that now I saw it and I knew that I can I was just like oh man that's that's even though I I maybe I take it back maybe I didn't know this but it it maybe uh subconsciously I was like that's what i'm gonna to have to pursue for the that's rest it. of my that's life that's the thing and there it is it's a pretty right big hard thing to pursue um i mean so so- i mean I, I would have to sort of i would have to give that painting um definitely one of the big weird change uh, your life change moments. your life moments and 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 to this day you know when i started uh uh running around uh europe and everything actually doing graffiti stuff i would always take a day off from like doing some graffiti jam to go see you know to obviously go to right. the museums and everything and, and you know at that time i and even now I, I always make a special trip to find where you know go spend a little bit of time with the rubens as much time as possible with the rubens you paint in antwerp a lot I've, I've painted it in Antwerp. Yeah, yeah, walls, yeah. I
0: don't really even know where Antwerp is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I actually remember one day walking down the street in Antwerp, and I just sort of peripherally, I saw a sign, and I turned around and said, um, uh, um, it was uh, the house of Anthony Van Dyck." And it was one of those where it's like, I just wanted to like fall <laughs> to my knees and be like, ah! Um Anyway, so the Rubens always uh has a special place in my heart. Uh Rembrandt started taking that over too as soon as I started getting a little bit more mature, I started realizing how brilliant Rembrandt was.
0: Um I had an experience where I uh I kind of like uh it was a while ago, something really bad happened and uh I just like wasn't sure about anything in life anymore. I really like I had no idea. And uh I remember going to the to the museum, and trying to find something Met, that would engage me. Yeah, in I, was New York. At, I was in New York, and uh, I'm walking around to all the paintings that I had always loved to look at, and I just got nothing from them. They all just felt empty, and uh, and I was thinking, you know what? Maybe this this whole art. Well, thing, you were in a weird place at the time. I was in a really of the, weird place. Because of yeah,
1: the, the that thing.
0: thing that happened. Yeah. Um, and uh, then I. Uh, I walked into that Rembrandt room and it was like I saw his self-portrait and there was so much life in it. And you know, I knew his story, his life story. I mean, here's a, he he lost everything. He he was a guy who was like on top of the world, and his wife died, his kids died, everybody everybody he loved died. He went bankrupt twice.
1: Yeah, he he went bankrupt. I think he went. He was he was like humiliated.
0: (laughs) Humiliated though, like he was, you know, he was like on top of the painting world, and then all of a sudden everything dries up and nobody like he can't he can't get anything going, and you know he never stopped painting. He never stopped believing in himself. But you see this painting of him looking at himself, and there's just so much humanity in it and so much life, and you can see the struggle in it. You can see the, like, in every wrinkle, you see, you know, another experience that he lived through. And you just, like, I found inspiration in this moment, like, you know, as dark as it ever got. That was, like, as dark a place as I've ever been. And that was, like, like Rembrandt throwing a lifeline. Like, it was... that, And that was... Then I decided, all right, I'll get back to painting, get back to the studio. That's the only thing I know how to do. So at the time,
1: you were... I mean, you were... You were already pursuing, and stu- you were studying painting. You were studying drawing and all
0: that stuff. Yeah, I was actually. I was in Italy at you the were time. In, yeah, I remember. that. I was studying so, in Italy, and then I came back for came a little while and just kind of tried to find my bearings. And then went back to Italy. I struggled for a little while longer, um, but. Uh, would you say? I mean, would you say that that Rembrandt that Rembrandt
1: painting was one of the more influential, important paintings in your life?
0: Yeah. Well, that moment it really was. I mean, I think, and, and then I I think I became a little bit more aware of something deeper in the paintings Mm. that, that you can actually, that there's a soul somewhere in, in that paint. I mean, it's just, it's pigment and it's oil, but that somehow you could go a lot deeper with it. Mm. And just looking in his eyes, I found something, I found some meaning, not just in the painting, but in life. And, uh, that that moment definitely like it. I mean, every day that I paint, that that moment inspires me. Sort
1: of trying to chase that in a way, and and, and I'm I'm not saying that you you know go to other people's paintings. Well, I know that, but it's, it, it's that idea of this this uh, I won't even say transcendental, but 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 the, you're transcendent, you're, yeah, Transcendent. Yeah, yeah. Transcendent. <laughs> We're not <Jeez>. meditating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But a trans- this moment of a, like a higher moment, whether, and I, and I don't mean that necessarily in a religious way or any of that, but it's just this, this undescribable moment that you, you felt, um, that you experienced um, through, through art in so many ways, because you were looking at a piece of, uh, of art. Um,
0: well, I realized that there was something possible with paint that I, I guess I, you know, I, I always sort of thought it was possible, but I never really like it it reached me deeply in that moment and i realized that that's something that as painters that's something that we can do and uh then that became sort of you know through whatever i mean it doesn't you don't have to paint you don't have to be painting yourself you don't have to be painting people you could be painting anything but that you're capable of that you have that power
1: do you do you think that that feeling that idea that 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 notion um, led you to painting uh, waves, which you're, you you do brilliantly. Uh, and, and if you don't know that, I mean, you need to look at Ted's um, wave paintings. They're they're amazing. But that idea of I, I don't know if it's the power because when I look at your wave paintings, I see power, I see subtlety, I see beauty, I see um, drama.
0: There's a lot of like raw emotion that I feel like you can I, I can get at by painting waves i think that that's the ocean it's you know it it just it it reflects what's around it and so it's sort of a mirror for everything around it and you know if i mean some of those paintings if i'm feeling pretty dark some of those paintings get really really dark and stormy (laughs) and sometimes a little bit angry sometimes a little bit scary um that's probably the only thing I've ever painted that somebody has told me that the painting was a little bit scary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the ocean could be, I could paint a guy with like scary. a severed <laughs> head and a
0: you know hook for a hand, <laughs> but the ocean, <laughs> that was scary. Yeah. Uh, well, but it's, you, I mean, you, it's you, very raw. And I think that I, I am interested in that, in that, in sort of making that connection, that emotional connection to this thing, which is largely abstract because they make up the paintings. They're not they're not based on anything in particular. They're based on more sort of memories of experience and more even feeling.
1: Well, I mean, you, you say that, but and I I know where you're you're coming from. But the process the process of you doing those paintings too aren't necessarily made up. You're you're you go and you draw and you study the beach and the waves and the ocean for hours and for many many years to understand the the uh, the science of it so you're not making it up in the sense that um, you're just sort of shutting your brain off like you you have an m- amazing amount of notes because you do that you, you well I worked you paint really hard painting, to yeah, paint, to understand the life. elements you don't use photographs or any of that stuff
0: I never use photographs but I don't paint them from life either I, I, I mean I do studies from life I do a lot of sketches but uh, the paintings <laughs> excuse me the paintings themselves come from m- more from memory and uh, they're sort of idealized visions of, you know, of what what I want to see or what I feel as opposed to what I did see or what I am seeing. Uh, so they're, in, in a lot of ways, they're abstract paintings.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, they're, um, I, I, you know, as a fan of art and as a, um, you know person who's, who's known you for a long time, uh, I, when I do see those paintings, I do feel like there, there's an honesty to them that I always just knew, just always felt, so. uh, I mean, it's definitely something
0: I connect, well, you paint what you connect to, right? I mean, like, your paintings, your paintings are incredibly personal, like, they're a collection of things that you, that represent, I don't know, moments in your life, or, Things that you're interested in. I mean, you're like more than anybody, like obsessive about like you get interested in something and you get obsessed with it, like (laughs) to a fault, actually, (laughs) like a madman. It's a little, and then you construct these these scenes that are you know that represent different, you know, you. I don't know, you wanted wallpaper in the back and you got this, like, samples of, like, the finest, like, vintage, res- retro wallpaper yeah. and then you had to tear it and stain it just so. And...
1: No, yeah, I, I'll, I, I do. But they're I do. incredibly personal. You're thing, connecting yeah. to
0: things. You're, you're explaining, I don't know, some, something about your experience in life through those paintings, yeah. right? And then, at the same time, doing this other thing, which is painting them in a way that nobody in the world can paint you know you're <laughs> <Yeah. Thanks.
1: laughs> i don't know if that's
0: true but thanks it's amazing i mean you you they they're just amazing they and,
1: they are personal even in um even if it's something that's um sort of a simple idea not necessarily that you know intricate of a, a a thought process but there's always something about a painting that is you know just sort of my little thing um and i think That idea, even if it's simple or if maybe there's a a grander meaning to it, is um, why I thought when I sort of brought up the idea of just us hanging out and talking on the podcast, like making a podcast or something, or just us hanging out, I mean, we've had so many conversations while we're painting in our studios, talking on the phone.
0: On our headset phones. On our
1: headset phones, talking and just having these great conversations. How I'm always like, well, I would love to talk to other people about uh, what they do, whether they're painters, whether they're musicians, whether they're sculptors. Uh, you take the word artist out or sculptor out or painter or you know chef or something um, and you know you can rearrange the words uh, the titles and it would still make sense. Um, so that's and I just thought it would be really cool to talk to other people about their passion about something that they feel is really important and I do think, is important to every, like sort of humanity. I know that sounds, you know, but but I be, but I believe in it. I do think that the idea of of really pushing the limits to something, or 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 caring so much about something that you would dedicate your life to it, and dedicate your life to its excellence, to its uh, uh, to the loftiness of of whatever uh, it is to you. Um, I was really interested in just talking to people about that and sort of being a fan and a student again. And you know, I think we're always going to be students, but the idea of uh, like being being inspired by yeah. other people who are doing something great. Well, I'm excited that, to that like... I don't do. So I think the idea of this uh, at least the, the 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 foundation of the podcast or is to tr- explore that, talk to people and just sort of sit back and hear their stories, hear their their uh, um, their goals, and also their um, where they want it. You know. Yeah, I'm excited about to it.
0: start to have those conversations with people. I think that we, everybody who we've we've approached about coming on as guests, and we're gonna start doing that. Uh, they're excited. super excited about the idea of this. So uh, it's gonna be fun, and I can't even believe that I was like a little bit nervous about setting up and doing this it's a little bit weird to talk into a microphone but it's weird it's something like anything else we're gonna this just feels like we're having a conversation conversation while we're painting which
1: i'm sure the more we do it the uh (laughs) the better we'll get at it uh uh, there'll be a learning curve but i i'm I'm not i I actually think some of the you know going off the rails a little bit is going to be. You know, for us, kind of fun, because we, we often go off. We go on <laughs> weird our, tangents. I mean, we're going to definitely go off on some People are really going to have to go along people. with us You're on just gonna some, have to, take, yeah, take a ride. You're just going to have to jump on, because, but we're going to go, uh, you know, we're going to definitely go off on some strange tangents, but we'll get it back on, hopefully, um, and we're, we'll do our best to get some really interesting people on, uh, I, I think we will, and, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, well, this has been sort awesome. Of, yeah, hang on. It's going to be fun, and I'm really excited to just, uh, you know, be better and, and learn the craft of something else that. Isn't is so foreign to me, and a lot of it is <laughs> <laughs> verbal communication. Yeah. I think we're a little better at communicating in so many ways through images as opposed to uh, our voices. <laughs> I have a hard time talking to people. And I say that because I've you know I've met people who just are amazing, and they can control the room. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's and I admire it a lot, and I'm not saying that we'll <laughs> ever get there, but I think we can maybe at least get some people in here who. C- can do that we'll just sit back <laughs> they and can ask make him. us look good yeah and we'll just sit back and ask them uh questions that uh on a f- sort of fanboy level so um we'll probably stop this here and
0: uh yes yeah, is... but we got to thank uh jay Braun. the audio guru jay Jabron jay Bron. you know i did a cartoon called striker Brown striker Bron. Wasn't he a cop on the edge? He was a mouse cop on the edge. a
1: mouse cop on the edge. Yes. On the edge. So we're going to start calling you Audio Mouse Cop on the Edge. <laughs> we're going to do that. You have no choice in the matter. <laughs> nope. Not going to delete it. We're keeping it on. So anyway, thanks so much for listening. We're going to uh, um, really have some fun with this, and we hope that you have fun with us. and Come uh, along for the ride. Come along for the ride. It'll be good. See
0: you. All right.